here we go. There we go. So 1 Peter 5, 10 through 12 is what we just looked at. So I want to call to remembrance there the end of verse number 10. It says that it'll do a couple things for us. It makes us perfect. It will establish or establish, and then it will strengthen and settle. So that's kind of what we're jumping off today. Perfect, establish, strengthen, settle. Now, question right off the bat that's not in your notes. If obviously we can't be perfect because Romans 3.23 is still in play and all of us are sinners, what does the word perfect mean in the Bible when it's in a context that is achievable? Does that make sense? Balance. Okay. So it means complete, whole, or balanced. Okay. So God's desire is to round us out. So if we got saved, we had a lot of rough edges. People might call that, right? So there's a lot of areas in which we need to grow. And so it's just another part of the maturation process in our life. Let's look at this uh, first here. Grace for suffering. Grace for suffering is the first one that we're going to um, look at. Grace for suffering. And can you believe it? The NFL season is almost here already, huh? All right, okay. That's okay. Why don't you want to hear it, brother? Okay, all right. I won't bring it up. Okay, all right. How? Um, let me ask you this, okay? How can I have peace and calm in the midst of a, of a friction-filled life, Okay. We talked about this before. You can, a lot of people think, oh, I just need to be less busy. And so you can throw that out, but then you're like, well, I still have to work. You know, I still have to kind of dress my kids and make sure they have food. So there's only so many things you can throw out. So there are some people, as you look around, that can just handle it better, right, than other folks. Why is that, though? I believe it's because uh, if you think about this, okay, if, if you think of a, a car engine, a vehicle engine, okay, um, that thing all alone would run extremely hot, you know, above 300 degrees, okay? So what keeps that engine from not uh, warping and blowing up in on, a, in, in on itself? Coolant, okay? Coolant system, okay? I was driving a bus earlier this week. I was trying to, trying to get it to DMV, and I knew I had an overheating problem. And, uh, and it, there was actually a, there was a hose that didn't have a clamp on it. So somewhere along that drive, it blew that hose. And it went hot fast. Like I was done within two minutes. I had to pull over, figure out what happened. Oh, okay, there, put it back on, add some coolant. Because if, if once that happens and you're not connected to that coolant source, it overheats and quick. I mean, it doesn't take very long at all. It's not like a 30-minute process. It happens really, really fast. So whenever we're not plugged into the Holy Spirit, okay, that's why the Holy Spirit is compared to oil in our life. We don't have that oil going through us to, to smooth that out, to make things run better then we lose it really, really quickly. How does someone who's got a lot going on, they're going through big trials, okay, they've got a lot of burdens on them or whatever, uh, at times obviously pastor does or you do or whatever else, how does some people remain so calm and Holy Spirit filled and loving and in control during all those times? It's because they got a lot of coolant, they got a lot of oil in their life because they're plugged into the Holy Spirit. Conversely, why am I losing it? Why are you losing it? Why are we always at the end of our rope and pulling out our hair? Because we're not plugged in too much into it, to the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. And so we're always on the edge of falling off all the time, right? Everything is falling apart constantly because I don't have the Holy Spirit working in my life uh, a whole lot. But it's a gradual process, and so it's something we can get better and better at. Let's look at two areas. First off is satanic attacks. And we talked about this last week about recognizing when things are happening in your own life. Um, let me read uh, this verse for you because I thought it was 
Second um, Corinthians 12. I'll just read verse number nine for you. It says this. And, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So what Christ is saying is Christ is saying to you, I'm at my best when you are at your worst, okay? When you're falling apart and you need me the most, that's when Christ in our own life uh, is, is present. And I'll tell you what, in the last month probably, as I've, if I sat there or been there listening to Brandon or to Vic take prayer requests, there's, there's some of you going through a lot of hard stuff where friends or people close to you are going through some severe things right now. Um, today we, we, have, we have cancer, we have a death of an infant. Uh, we have another one with colon cancer. Uh, we've got a, a custody battle for a little baby that shouldn't have to go through the things that he's going through. There's some severe things going on in our lives that we need God's help for. And obviously we need help all the time. But when we're under satanic attack, it's definitely um, more relevant. Look at that uh, quote right there I grabbed from the book. Often when we face hardships, the focus is that we have is just God getting us to remove or getting God to remove the thorn when instead he intends to improve us or to mature us or to work on us or to grow us is the point. The next thing up is personal afflictions, personal afflictions. What is this? This is something kind of brought on by myself, but obviously I'm still going through it. Bible says this in first Corinthians 10, 13, uh, underline that one to look at later on. There is no temptation taken you, but such as as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but with, uh, will, will with the temptation also make a way to escape that she may be able to bear it. Now, God doesn't say that I will immediately remove it, but he says rather that you'll be able to bear it, right? Psalms 23, I love using this example. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? I'll fear no evil. Why? Because God's taken me out of it? No, because thou art with me. So he doesn't, he doesn't promise to airlift you out of there. What he promises you instead is he promises you his presence through whatever you're going through. Because you're still going to have to go through it, right? Saved or lost, we're going to go through it in this life. But the difference is, is that you can go through it either with the grace and the presence of God or you can go with it um, just on your own. Now, that verse we just read, it says this, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Why is it important for us to have the knowledge that what we're going through is common? Let me ask you this. If you have, and someone says, oh, it's okay, I just have the common cold. Why is it almost a relief that someone has the common cold? You get over it very quickly. Everybody has it. They got a lot of medicines for it. It doesn't last very long. It's not a big deal because it's everyone's got it, okay? But if you have something like um, uh, someone the other day I saw on Facebook, one of my friends got, um, they got bit and they got, what's one of the crazy, not a West Nile, but one of those other weird ones. And uh, there you go. Thank you. So within a couple... Zika, yeah, Zika virus. So within a day or two, man, she was hospitalized, and then it was like a big deal. And there was like a hundred comments. But if you just said, "Hey, I have a common cold, pray for me," there wouldn't be like a hundred comments or a hospital visit or you know, like what's going on? You know, can we help you? Because it's just a common cold. So what the Bible's saying is this: Look, whatever temptation you're going through, it's common. Someone has gone through this. In fact, probably a lot of people have gone through this. In fact, probably in this church, many many people have gone through this. So whatever you're facing. Death of a loved one, sickness of a friend, sickness of a loved one, custody battles, you know, marriage conflicts, whatever. It's a common problem. Therefore, there is a common cure in order to be able to uh, fix that. And the reason why I say that again and again and again is I can't tell you how many times I've seen people start to distance themselves because they put themselves in a spot where they're saying, hey, listen, nobody understands what I'm going through because this, what I have is just so weird and crazy. But it's not the Zika virus. It's just, 
it's the common cold, okay? And there is a cure for it that is, now that doesn't mean that your problem's not important or big. It is, it absolutely is. But it is common, and so the Bible says that there is no temptation. In other words, nothing I'm gonna go through uh, is not common to man. Every single person has experienced it at some point. Next up there is grace for strengthening. Grace for strengthening. God will give us strength. Yep, okay, so three things that the strengthening grace does in our own life, and I thought this was pretty cool. Number one, it completes our faith. The completion of our faith. And then this is from that verse we we opened up and looked at in verse number 10. The establishment of our faith. It establishes your faith. Or in other words, it, it puts you on solid ground, not shaky ground. And then nextly, right there, it, it strengthens your faith. It strengthens your faith. And then next below there, he has the power to strengthen us. He has, he has a purpose in strengthening us. One of the things that we should see in our own life, and um, we, have, we have time here, so go over to um, Luke 22. Because it shows us a purpose in this. And I think it's important for us to remember the purpose of why God is doing this in our life. And I'll get, uh, uh, Mike, can you read this verse for us? Luke uh, twenty-two thirty-two, at the end of the first page there, guys. But I pray for thee that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Okay, good. So when we're converted, we're supposed to strengthen the brethren. In other words, when I come out of the other side of a trial, I'm supposed to in turn use what I learned in that trial, that experience, that maturity now, in order to strengthen or to help somebody else, right? And so sometimes we're going through the trial and we need a, we need a hand up, right? We need someone to pick us up. But it's a good thing that there are people that are there to pick you up. And every one of us should desire to be at a place in our spiritual life where we're strong enough to where I could help somebody else. When you first get into church, you probably need a lot of people around you, man, helping you up, picking you up, strengthening you, establishing. But if you've been in church for a little while, six months, a year, whatever, it should start to turn in your own heart where you say, okay, how can I be a blessing to now help strengthen somebody else? Mm-hmm. Encourage that person, whatever it is. Um, I saw that uh, there, was, uh, there were some couples in our class that were uh, going out to eat together and having a date night together. And I think that that's cool. They're taking an opportunity to strengthen each other uh, in the faith. Next, our question up right there is this. What areas of your life has God strengthened you over the years? Here's why I bring this up. A lot of times I notice when we do talking points, they're sort of, uh, what could we learn? How could we be better? So I want to do just, this is a rejoicing talking point, okay? As you look back over the time that you've now been in church, right? I was talking to somebody uh, yesterday, well, I was talking to Vic on the phone yesterday. He was just rejoicing about some things in in him and his wife's life where God has has grown them up and helped them and, and matured them in a couple of areas uh, that he can see looking back on. And that's important. And so when I put the word strengthen right there, this is basically just like God has matured you in these areas. So what is an area uh, over maybe the recent past or maybe you've been saved for 20 years and you look back where God has really helped to grow you up in certain areas? Pete. Um, <laughs> not that anybody's perfect in it, but uh, patience, for sure. Right. 
when you first start out and teenager and then you go to college and get married and you, you definitely see your patients go through all of it. Um, just different situations all throughout, all throughout your life. Amen. Yes, sir. Go ahead, Rebecca, then. Birthday girl. Compassion? Okay. Same for me. Nick? Just my faith, especially when it comes to finances and actually going to, to God and seeing him work in wonderful ways. Amen. Cool. It's hard to brag on yourself, I know, but we're giving the glory to God, so it's all right. Anton? I say uh, rising above things where it's so easy for you to um, get involved in, you know, the, the pack and pack mentality and what others, you know, maybe their spirit's not right or whatever, just trying to stay above that and just you do what you know is right no matter what. So I think just through the years just trying to do that, it's not a masterpiece, but it's, you know, working and having the right heart to you know, just stay out of things and just try to just... I, I really try not to put an importance on what other people think because it doesn't matter what they mean. Because you know, they don't think about you. And that's the truth, you know what I mean? So when people just really care about you know others as far as like their perception of them you know what I mean right just, just, just stand above it and just you do, you do right no matter what regardless what other people think about it John I would say upping my ask um, you're like ask ASK um, and dot of forgive um, mm-hmm. I think over the time I've asked for things <laughs> yeah I've asked for things um, and I because I was in, in a religion where it was saying, oh, just live a mediocre life here. Don't, right. don't live an abundant life here. God will make it up to you later. Right. And I hate when churches do that. So Ooh. I would up my ask and God ups his good. Okay. Amen. That's good. Um, one of the simple, one of the things that, that I enjoy watching in your own lives is, um, so when we work in the bus ministry, and it's always kind of funny, um, I can line up if someone's new to church, right? So I invite them on Saturday. Hey, you're supposed to, they're supposed to come for the first time next Sunday, right? Um, next Sunday morning, any like little thing can can throw them off. Obviously, you know, like I'll get a text and you know, uh, sorry, last night at eight thirty I sneezed and it just threw me off and I'm gonna have to miss church today. You know, like it's just every little thing that right. And so um, around here, pastor has just taught for years and years and years. I see the wisdom of now that I have a family um, that. Like if someone goes sick in the family, if there's a sickness, right? Well, then like if it is kids sick, for example, though, so, you know, mom or dad, you stay home on Sunday morning, rest of the family go to church. Sunday night, flip, right? Dad will stay home on Sunday night, rest of the family go to church, right? And it's, it's important because I can't tell you how many times someone's told me or I see this, well, hey, you know, someone's, you know, this little kid's sick over here. So all seven of us are going to stay home today. And so we allow that to miss out. So part of the maturing process, right, is just that we're able to handle more of a load, right? Like things, we can just overcome things more easily to be faithful to God. When I look at this request right here, there's a couple of requests on here that, that if, if someone else is going through this, they would have missed church today because that would have just knocked the wind out of them, honestly, right? But you just, you determined, you decided that it's not going to, it's not going to, uh, push me off course. Okay. I'm going to find a way to still honor God. I'm going to find a way to still serve God or whatever else. And that's exciting because that's something that I get to see in your own lives. Grace, uh, for, uh, settling grace for settling. And what settling means is, is just a sturdiness. Yes, sir. So for us, when we were younger, no, in fact, 
I puked two times on a church pew because they didn't use the flip system. Uh, but when, when mom is the only uh, piano player and special and dad's the only preacher, you just, you got to be sick on the front row. So uh, I did a lot of front row sick, sickness and stuff like that, you know. And so uh, uh, I, I, was, I was telling my parents, we, we had a conversation the other day, and I was just telling how much I, I appreciate them because when they first moved here, uh, they lived, you know, for a while, they lived in an apartment uh, that, that the, the conditions, you know, you wouldn't want your family and different things like that. And so I think it's important to recognize when you're standing on someone else's shoulder, you know, you are where you are because people have sacrificed uh, for you to be where you are. And, uh, and, and yeah, they had to do stuff like that that I don't have to do um, because they were, they were founding. And uh, for me, seven years ago was the age that my dad was when he, when he moved. And I often think about that. I, now that I have a family, would I load him up and let's just go to Pittsburgh to start a church? Man, I mean, that's, that's, that's rough, uh, knowing nobody um, of the place that you're going to go to. So, and all of us have, your parents have sacrificed for you to be where you are too and, and different ways or you're sacrificing whatever so sometimes it's important just to remember we kind of get cocky like we're a self-made man sometimes right uh but i i certainly am not so but good question uh next settled um settled on a foundation settled on a foundation and what's that foundation we see below there god's word is our foundation and then uh god's word is our stabilization so we'll move to this talking point here give us some time at the end to uh pull our Winner and Monica, if you can grab that, then we'll figure out who's going to win today. So what is a verse or passage that you use to stabilize you? Do any of you have verses or promises from God's word that are important uh, to your life? My life verse is 1 Corinthians uh, 15, 58. And that's a verse that I, that I like and enjoy. Maybe you have something like that as well in your own life. Um, that's be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So I try to remember that what I'm doing is not in vain. Me raising my kids the way I do or, or being in ministry or doing whatever else. It's not in vain. There's always, there's always a payoff in this life and in the next. And that's important to remember. Anybody have a verse for you that's important or you really like? Yes, sir. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12.9. My grace is sufficient for me. I go to that one a lot. You know, I thought that me, Vic, and Sean were the only ones who did push-ups every morning. So that's, I'm glad that you're on board as well. It's good stuff. Pete? Well, now I know why I lost that push-up contest in class. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, for me, it's Proverbs 17, 22. Um, Mary Hart can make good blood and medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. Uh, just rem- reminds me so often that my spirit affects so many people around me. Amen. Throughout my day, my reaction to just the littlest thing could affect somebody else's entire day, you know. And it, it just, I, I think about that a lot. 
Amen. Sir. Karen, what do you got? Anybody else? Good verse you like? Those are good. All right, so last one right there is settled on a person, okay? So here's the point is that we're going to go through valleys, highs and lows, right? But over the course, say over the course of a year, over the course of five years, okay, you're going to have dips in your faith. And I was appreciate Ian's um, honesty because if all of us could honestly say that there are days where we don't want to pray. Like, I don't want to go to church, or I don't want to honor God, or make the right decision about this, or I don't want to give of myself again. I've given to this person, or I've given to this situation a hundred times. I don't want to do it. And so it's important to have a verse that you can go to. So all of us are going to have highs and lows, but over the course of, let's say, five years or whatever you can look back on, you should be gaining in your Christian life, obviously. Or, or, or we're failing as a class to help you, obviously. We're failing as a church to grow you. And we're failing ultimately as a Christian to trust in God more. So we need to be able to look back and say, okay, I'm, I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. So settled on a person. Obviously, that person is in Jesus Christ. That's what we always want to make it about. Okay, so listen. Fair enough to say that we can let the birthday girl draw our winner for today. Is that okay? Amen. Okay, all right. So.